0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a tasty beverage. Hi friends. Welcome back. This is a delicious beverage. That's a delicious warm beverage. Uh hi everybody, nice to see you in Oakland today, uh, flying solo. Uh, because we've got some things to take care of, you know, just some things to deal with. We've got things. Everybody's got things. And it's like a little housekeeping on some important items today. Um, as everybody knows, we uh, were really early in getting to the war in Ukraine the, the day that Russia invaded Ukraine. We got an email uh, from somebody that said, hey, I know a gentleman named Alex day who lives in Ukraine. And he would like to get the word out about what is happening to the people in ukraine and that was right like right when russia came in started bombing everything uh and i'm like absolutely totally it was like day one or day two i can't remember what day it was but it was like when the first two days of of the actual invasion the genocidal invasion of ukraine by the world's biggest piece of shit uh Vladodolf pootler um and uh the gentleman that was put us in touch with a uh, gentleman named alex uh said hey friends of mine love for you to talk to him so we talked to Alex Daverbeck off that day. And that was like early in the war. That was when everybody was flooding aid into Ukraine because we all understood this was a war that was being fought on behalf of every Western country, every NATO country. We knew what was going on. And generally speaking, most people do. There's a small subset of people who somehow in their minds think that uh, that Vlad Putler is somehow justified and thinks it's a war against biolabs and it's for Jesus and uh, for white nationalism and Christian, all the shit, all the shit that every moron in the world lines up against and behind to try to convince you that we should just look away from what's going on in Ukraine. And then you add the war in Israel Uh, as Gaza, Hamas, the terrorists decided to attack the fourth largest military in the world now getting their asses kicked but all that energy that we were putting into supporting the good people men and women in ukraine uh seemed to have evaporated and i think that was the whole point so today we're back in ukraine we're back in ukraine for a couple of reasons alex de rebekov joins us uh to talk about um how this whole anti-ukraine movement is spreading uh we're going to give you a quick update of what's going on on the ground we're going to talk about The reality of what's going on and how Ukrainians look at Canada and how Ukrainians, by and large, um, our brothers and sisters, our agricultural brothers and sisters on the other side of the world, how they would feel about um, a Canadian government or a portion of Canadian government, how they do feel that wants to abandon the aid and abandon the help and abandon the effort in helping the people of Ukraine, because that is literally what's going on. Uh, conservative leader, Pierre Polyev, voted the other day. This is, of course, if you're in Canada and you're joining us, and if you're a fan of international politics, Canada has a GOP arm. They've got the same MAGA idiots that exist in the United States on the right-hand side of the aisle here in Canada. They're called conservatives. And they, much like MAGA, is trying to do everything they can to help out their Christian national conservative friend, Vladimir Putin, in fisting the good people. Of Ukraine by taking away any aid or support they might get from other countries and joining us to talk about that this morning. Uh, my friend and yours, please welcome back to the program, Mr. Alex Day-Rebekov, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Nice to see you. Huh? Huh? Look at that. Hands up, arms up, looking good. How are you, sir? Hello, you all right? hello my
1: friend. You good? Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Well, I mean, as good as you can be in a war, I guess. I always f- I fucking hate asking you that every time I see you. I'm like, hey, how are things going? <laughs>
1: Uh, well, my, my face is uh, is even happier today because uh, of the recent news. You probably heard it, that the EU starts negotiations of admitting Ukraine into EU membership. Mm-hmm. And Moldova. Is, that happened and today. Moldova, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is such a great news. I really did not expect it. After all the news that I heard about uh, Prime Minister of Hungary, Orban, who was backing it up, backing up Russia or backed up by Russia. Mm-hmm. And he, he he played his uh, his bad uh, game uh, about not voting for that. But uh, finally, it resolved in a good way for us. So the door uh, is open.
0: The door is open for Ukraine to finally join NATO, which is a big deal, right? Because uh, you get uh, the protection EU. of
1: NATO, etc. Et That's EU. Oh. Uh, EU EU at this EU. point. Yeah, yeah, EU. yeah.
0: To join the European Union Um, and that vote happened today, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And they said, yes, we're going to move towards admitting Ukraine and Moldova to the EU.
1: Yeah, actually, it's like the the door is opened, finally, uh, after two years of this horrible war. Uh, And uh, now it's, of course, a long process of uh, Ukraine uh, doing uh, our homework into adjusting our legislation and, uh, and everything to EU standards and uh, uh, um, at the, it will take at least two, three years. But, ag- okay. but again, that's the start of the process and it's already good because it's, it's not so much even about EU, it's about the fact that we will be, get closer in terms of regulations, rules, policies, standards to European Union. It's, uh, it's good that we will, um, well, the Ukrainian government will have to uh, put uh, enormous efforts into uh, fighting with the corruption which is big in our country, mm-hmm. but uh, that's like an external push towards that. That's uh, uh it's it's a good because uh, EU will already invest a lot of billion doll- dollars into the economy, and uh, and they will have to actually use the European money into uh, helping us to standardize the, the legislation. So that's good from many sides.
0: Okay, so, so to explain to me why Ukrainians are excited, because NATO, big push to get into NATO, obviously that was a big one, and then there's obviously the push to get into EU, the European Union why is that important is it about having policy that's on the mark with the rest of europe and some of those european countries access to monetary funds and that kind of stuff why is that such an important step for for ukraine alex your well, actually
1: it's a quite a long story we started this uh journey uh like uh, basically we started 20 years ago with the first revolution and then uh since 20 sorry 2007 we started uh the process into EU association that was yeah. the first step. It took us several years to adjust our legislation uh, according to the standards of EU uh, association. Then we had the second uh, Maidan in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was ac- actually about the fact that the, the, that. Uh, Uh, The the president who, who at that point, Yanukovych, uh, at some point, stopped uh, the process of EU Association, and the people raised, and uh, uh, Yanukovych uh, had to leave. Uh, And then it took us another 10 years to actually uh, push uh, EU uh, and ask them to open the door for us. And only when the full-scale invasion started last year you finally said, okay, do home, your homework, and then we will see whether we will open this door or not. And today is very a very historic day for us. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. We've been going through not just years, but like decades. Yeah, yeah.
0: Decades of trying to get into the EU. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know what? And it's interesting because in terms of like, uh, you know, access – I think it, it being in the EU gives you access to all kinds of security that the EU provides a lot of their partners not just monetary security isn't that correct
1: Oh yeah right and all, and also lots of other things like just to give you a practical example when I yeah. when I traveled to Hungary uh, about uh, about uh, 7 years ago I was so impressed with their highways I would not imagine a an ex well Hungary used to be a, a, a country in the Soviet bloc, right? Uh, so I would not imagine how a Hungary could have such great high, highways. Uh, I was driving my car from Budapest to Vienne, and the, the road in Hungary was, like, extremely good. It was, like, brand new, everything so new and great. Then when I entered Austria, it was a lot worse, and I was impressed, and I was asking people, and then turned out that uh, Hungary, when they um, uh, entered EU, they got lots of uh, finance uh, from EU into their infrastructure, which mm-hmm. is old, post-Soviet style. Mm-hmm. And, and EU actually invested into completely rebuilding their infrastructure. Uh, so we, we will expect the same. I'm sure you uh, will be interested in investing like dozens of billions of dollars into ukrainian infrastructure and and uh and as you said in the introduction we are an, we are one of the biggest uh agricultural uh countries in the world and uh uh number one by se- by some agricultural uh you know things like uh sun sunflower for example mm-hmm. and uh the infrastructure is very important for us to transport uh this to to europe so um, j- just as one of the examples, and there's so many more others.
0: Yeah, updating um infrastructure, money to update, money to get things to and from places, whether it's you know ports of call, whether it's whatever it is. And I mean, you know, if there's any area in the world that's going to need some infrastructure updating right now, it's going to be Ukraine. Which brings me to the aid portion of the conversation. You've been heavily subsidized by a bunch of Western allies and always celebrated the, you know, the subsidization of, uh, aid, um, military equipment, weapons, the things that you have needed and begged for, whether they be high Mars, whether they be cluster munitions, which when they go off on behalf of the allies and the Ukrainian people, I get excited by those videos, by the way. Um, even though they're not allowed, but against the orcs, I happen to think they should be, um, But uh, it started to people are starting to push back. Right. And when I say people, I mean really hardline alt-right conservatives that align with. And you mentioned earlier people in Europe like uh, Viktor Orban, Viktor Orban, of course, very tight with uh, Vladimir Putin. Viktor Orban had tried to give you the Heisman to get into the EU. He's now going country to country that is giving aid to Ukraine and begging them to stop, asking them to quit helping out the people of Ukraine. It happened here in Canada this week, where you know that narrative is, is starting to catch fire with those same groups with the same ideological bent meaning that Christian nationalist movement here in Canada. It's the conservatives of the United States, it's MAGA or the GOP or Republicans, if you will. Um, and real quick, I wanted to get your take on that. I wanted to get your take on the narrative as you sit in, in your your condo in a suburb of Kiev. Erpine is where you're from. As bombs were going off the other night and you hear these these air raid signals all the time daily Uh, As you live there with your wife and your son, as you document hundreds of examples of torture, rape, murder uh, for the international criminal courts. And as you've seen the destruction in your country of basic infrastructure, entire towns and cities in the east, uh, your hometown of Irpin, which was liberated early. What do you make of the narrative? Not where it comes from, because we know where it comes from. It comes from Vladimir Putin and his apologist bullshit. But like what what is what do you think when you interact with a tweet like the one you interacted with today um, about Vladimir Putin where Pierre Polyev here in our country says no more aid for Ukraine voted down a free trade aid package, which we were trying to get to you this week. Uh, you said, why doesn't Pierre come over here and see for himself faraway land? He said, we're not we don't belong in faraway lands like Ukraine. Um it will become very close if he just comes, but he won't. Um, I want I want you to talk about it unfettered because you're in Ukraine. You're live. You and I are very good friends. We have played out this narrative. You've partaken in the understanding of what parts of the narrative are here on behalf of conservative you know, voters or people that align with Vladimir Putin, which is what they're trying to do. That's all. That's just a hat tip to Vlad, by the way, here in Canada, on behalf of the party that supports those talking points. But I want your thoughts, Alex.
1: Well, uh, thank you. This is exactly what you are talking about. I, I hear this narrative uh, every now and then, um, uh, everywhere in Europe and uh, the States and and, and Canada. And uh, before you explained, I had no idea who this P.R. was. Uh, not so much aware about Canadian politics. But when I when I read it, I was I I got so emotional. I was like. Well, this is this is clearly a narrative that is is just repeating as a parrot. But uh, what kind of argument can 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 be against this? Just come over and see it. Mm. Same same with Elon Musk. You know, he was he's speaking some bullshit, and uh, finally he made his way to to Israel to actually see it on his own eyes. Um, I once uh, messaged uh, under one of his posts that come over here to Ukraine. I will show you around, so that uh, they they should know. And I'm glad. Uh, and I'm glad to those people who actually come over. By the way, uh, today a delegation from Indonesia, from Indonesia, which is like, I mean, <laughs> they culturally they are physically far away from us, they came over and and to Bucha, uh, and Bucha was uh, known in the beginning of the war for the atrocities that happened there. Five hundred people were killed. Mm-hmm. And they they made it to come and see it on their own eyes, you know. So, but this is a narrative we have to fight with it.
0: How? 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 How do you? So, I'll play you the clip. I'll play you the clip of Pierre Polyev. Now, this gentleman is the. You're gonna hate him right off the bat because you can tell he's just a little shit, um, and he's universally hated here. But he's captured the mega imagination of really stupid people in this country. I uh, and trust me. We got lots, <laughs> like plenty, but I want to play the clip and I want you to listen to what he says about Ukraine real quick. People say they'll never be able to afford a home. We understand with this miserable record, he doesn't want to talk about Canada or Canadians. He'd rather spread falsehood about far away foreign lands. Mr. Speaker, will he not stand up for once for Canada? Axe tax to our families. Yeah. Your thoughts. Faraway land, falsehoods, uh, about supporting Ukraine.
1: And and how is that? That's, That's Pierre. Him?
0: That's your boy That's Pierre. Yeah. yeah. Who's that?
1: <laughs> you know. I mean what can I say? What do you say? Well, you know, it's it's so hard, you know, and uh, uh, uh I, I talked. I talked to a witness, an eyewitness today, who was actually captured and held captive for uh, 22 days in uh, in Russian prison in the occupied lands. And uh, she, she was she wasn't tortured, but she was beaten. A lady, she was beaten on her head uh, with a sack on her head, and uh, and then they deported her to the mainland of Ukraine before the deportation they uh, read a sentence to her that by the law of russia or whatever we are deporting you and they uh, and they filmed it and they um, and they uh, ordered her to say s- glory to russia and I, you know, this lady after 22 days of being imprisoned and uh, under the threat of being killed basically uh, refused to say glory to Russia. I mean, when I heard it, and I hear it all the time from the witnesses, and sometimes they do not even understand how brave they are, how courageous they are, Uh, because they take it for granted. This is just, she she could not say that. She could not say glory to Russia, even under the threat of of, of death. I don't want to think about this guy whatever bullshit he says. I want to think about those people who are so brave and courageous that they they are ready to lose their lives, Mm. but not for the aggressor.
0: The Dean Blundell Show is brought to you by FactCheck.io. FactCheck.io, makers of the world's most comprehensive fact-checking software Dot .io back to the show as always the dean blundell show is brought to you by our friends at factcheck.io factcheck.io do you believe the good people at factcheck are a quorum of software professionals psychological professionals journalists And they use some of the finest software technology to be able to give you the advantage when it comes to getting agency back in your life, when it comes to information that you read. Go to factcheck.io today. For more information, sign up for the beta test, F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K dot mm. mm. Yeah, I'd rather talk about those people, too. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it is it's one of those things, right, that needs to be taken care of over here and to have you over there um, documenting these stories and talking to the people these atrocities uh, were committed against and collecting money and food to go and feed not just soldiers, but men, women, children uh, who are locked in their house in war torn portions of your country. Um, You know, the idea that the idea that Canada or the United States, for that matter, right, Uh, Depending on who wins what election, how those supports can change, you know, and and I think that if you're to ask me, knowing you um, and being able to kind of see inside your country, thanks to you. And so not just the atrocities, but, you know, the amount of suffering that goes on there, um, you know, it's got to worry smarter folks like yourself, right? Uh, That 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 there are free countries around the world that are standing shoulder to shoulder like Canada has, like the United States has against Vladimir Putin for the people of Ukraine. And, you know, you've got enough on your plate to worry about when you hear this kind of rhetoric and you respond to it, you know, even on Twitter, which you responded in my timeline. Um, You know, it's got to give the rest of the people in Ukraine just another negative to consider. You know, depending on that information war, like who's going to win that and how it's going to get won. And I, and here's the thing, Alex, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know that many people um, in Canada or the United States that aren't pro Ukraine or pro aid or, you know, anti genocide, I don't know that they understand what's at stake, you know, and I, and I, and I think that, I think that that is, you know, One of the biggest issues, as I see today, I walk around, talk to people about But it's not like I walk around just talking to people about the war. But when you run into people and it comes up as a subject, most of me, all of me can't believe that there's an alternative to supporting Ukraine. Right. Like I, 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 I think because I have the benefit of knowing you. Um, and not you know, being subject to that fire hose of disinformation that comes out of Russia or sympath- you know, countries that are sympathetic to what Russia wants. Um, I think that, that that's my added advantage. But I was shocked this week to see some of the people agreeing with him. I, I'm, I'm shocked to see anybody, to be honest with you. And it must shock you because you document these cases where you're like, how can you possibly be pro that? when I've been dealing with this all day.
1: Right. You know and there's no there's no alternative as we know. No.
0: And I and it's frustrating for for me. And I can't imagine how frustrating, you know, it is for you at the same time. You know, we're we're not at least I'm not. Under any illusion as to w- w- what's going on, and, and you know it's funny because you bring up the one thing. Well, Russia invaded Ukraine. Like, do you not understand that? And and it's the same answer that you get from all the the Putin apologists. If you hear it, it's like, what you want more people to die, right? It's like, well, they didn't do it. They 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 didn't they didn't attack you. You attacked them. That's what you did. And they're like, yeah, but it's over now. It's over. Is that is is it the same messaging? that gets pumped into Ukraine as we get here, which is like, you know, oh, that's it. The, the Ukraine doesn't want peace. They're going to continue to fight. They, they just want to continue to, you know, that is it the same kind of information that gets pumped into your country as the sh- bullshit we see here?
1: Um. Well, fr- frustration is the word that's probably uh, uh, that characterizes uh, what is going on uh, in the information um, space uh, within the past month or so yeah uh as we know the counter offensive uh failed that was publicly acknowledged uh the president said about that washington post wrote about that you know uh but uh and, and and there has been quite a lot of bad news and those narratives are more and more in the space that okay we got to negotiate or whatever. There's nothing to negotiate. There's nothing to negotiate. How, how do you negotiate with a bear that comes and wants to kill you? Uh, no, no way. No way we, 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 sh- we should negotiate with him. We should fight. And I just gave you this example of this uh, lady. Uh, this is a lady, a fragile lady who was not ready to say glory to Russia even under the threat of death. And, and 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 Ukrainians are like her. Like we are all like her. Even without weapons, without money, we will continue fighting. I think president said uh, this week something like, "I I never heard um, uh, things like this since the invasion started." But he mentioned something like, uh, "We are ready to fight like partisans." So Who, Zelensky he, said that. Yeah, I think he said somewhere. So. I think he mentioned that just to underline the fact that even without weapons without money we will continue fighting even if they uh, if if the russians uh, offensive and there's a huge offensive within the past weeks and they are gaining uh, our land uh, let's be honest uh mm. and if they uh continue gaining our land we will continue fighting even if they get kiev we will continue fighting
0: mm. Um, do you think that, you know, because there, obviously there's been an uptick in attacks, right? And uh, there was one the other day in Kiev, if I'm not mistaken. Um,
1: uh, you, you mean the the rocket attacks? Yeah. yeah. We had three uh, aerial sirens today. Uh, 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 by the way, uh, we heard an explosion. There was a Kinjal. It was a hypersonic uh, missile uh, rocket uh, that was uh, shot down by a Patriot. And the explosion was so so uh, so loud. I probably never heard any explosions of this kind since the invasion. Uh, it was somewhere over Kiev, and I'm like like ten miles away from Kiev. Mm. So that was quite loud.
0: And it's still going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we just get like muted reports of it uh, obviously now. Um, but again, this is what people don't understand, you know, that, that, that it is not just still going on, but that Russia has gained ground in certain aspects, specifically in, in the East. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they've taken back some decent sized portions in the South as well. Um, is it, is it, uh, how's the mood of the Ukrainian people? Today, I mean, because because it's, you know, if you're not dealing with the vacuum in Israel, you're dealing with partisan bullshit around the world. Um, And obviously, you know, with the spring offensive not being as significant as you thought it would be. And then Russia being able to push back a little bit in the winter. I don't even know where they're getting their people from. I read today like three hundred fifteen thousand Russians have uh, been taken out of commission, if I'm not mistaken, since the start of this war. And they put they originally amassed three hundred thousand to go in to Ukraine at the beginning. So it's like 15,000 more than they had allotted actually for the original invasion that you've taken out. Um, how are things going? Like, what's your update?
1: I'd say one in one word, tired. Yeah. We are tired. And by the way, yesterday, the day before yesterday, when Zelensky went to the States, uh, uh, Russian hackers attacked uh, number one mobile operator in Ukraine. Just imagine... Uh, uh, the biggest mobile operator um who is the mob, the biggest mobile operator in canada
0: bell canada bell, bell canada okay yeah. so let's let
1: be bell canada bell canada is completely uh, down like mm-hmm. no voice messages no internet it's just completely down i couldn't call my mom my my mom couldn't uh, connect on internet so uh, for for a day or so i could not know what is going on with my mom my mom is quite uh, uh old she's 73 years old now and my dad is a disabled guy and whatever can happen to them they cannot even call an ambulance and this is everywhere like 20 million people uh, uh, for 40 hours uh, could not have any mobile connection on internet and uh, stores could not uh, some of the stores uh, uh, could not accept um, uh, card payments only cash so it's it just like so inconvenient and they, and they specifically intentionally did it. Um, and that is confirmed now that it was done by Russians, by Russian, uh, intelligence service. Mm. So things like this happen and, uh, then they, they, we are already kind of exhausted and tired and, and, uh, frustrated. Uh, And this is why I was smiling, because the news about EU uh, membership opening uh, negotiations is such a great thing uh, on the background of all those bad news around us. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, tired is such a great way to explain it. Right. You know, it it is, um, you know, we I'm reminded, you know, of, of how stupid people are. Um, when I listen to you talk about being tired, tired of having people drop bombs in your neighborhood, tired of documenting war crimes, torture, rape, tired, tired, tired of living under um, the constant occupation of another country, you know, and, it, and it, I find it I find it wild because I think over here we could easily say, well, we're on side X or we're on side Y, but we don't take we don't take your experience into account. We just take our opinions into account which is you know what i see all the time i i can't help but see it it is, it is nonstop. you know i i put i put this up today uh, pierre polyev just told my friend alex my ukrainian friend alex de rebekov to come to canada to see what trudeau has done to the country this is a supporter he says to you why don't you come over here and see what trudeau has done to our our country <laughs> then you will understand why we have nothing to give you um you know said to a tired war-torn person when there's no war in this country just i mean speaks volumes to me anyway and and I know you probably don't take idiots like that seriously but you know when you're exhausted and you read that that can't that, that can't be a good feeling alex
1: yeah yeah it's like uh, you're sick with cancer and somebody says oh you don't you don't know what a headache is yeah of course I don't
0: You might have cancer. You might have terminal cancer. You might be bedridden. But do you know what it's like to not get your Uber delivery on time?
1: (laughs) Uh, Not having a beer, (laughs) a spare beer in your fridge (laughs) on a Friday night.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you listen. You might be under constant bombardment by a criminal enterprise and dictatorship. All the time. But I just ran out of Lucky Strike beer. And I'm going to have to go all the way down to the store to get some. Do you know what that's like? You know how hard that is? I mean, it, 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 thank God you're laughing, right? Because that just fucking infuriated me this morning. I'm like... You piece of shit. You entitled asshole. But that's really what it comes down to, right? And thank God Lachlan's not here because he would tell you how tough it was for him to get to work this morning because he didn't get the right scooter, the right e-scooter. Um, or the bike lanes have been a real real oppressive thing to him where he's from. But, I mean, that, that that's the narrative. I mean, that's how dumb these people are, right? It's almost And you can't do anything but laugh. Like, I get mad for you, but you must have seen this so much where you're like, Oh, oh! I'm sorry. Yes, United States of America. Let's go over and see how bad things are in Los Angeles right now, as opposed to Donetsk, right? <laughs> oh yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's uh, you know. Uh, I feel I feel lucky. I feel happy. In fact, uh, when I hear uh, to your point, when I listen to the stories from those uh, victims and uh, witnesses of war crimes, I every time I I, I feel like oh, I'm so lucky. I'm so happy that. You know, nothing of the kind happened to me and my family. Mm. The, yeah. um, the post-taste I have after those uh, very difficult conversations. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I I really cry after them. You know, there were times I could just hug, hug my wife and I would cry. Because yeah, there's unheard of. Some, some stories are unheard of.
0: Well, I just want any of those people that you've talked to that have told stories of being captured, abused, raped, tortured... I want, I want you to let them know that that guy is really upset that he's got to pay an extra .03 cents on every tax dollar that he has to give to the government. I just want you to know it's ruined. Oh, and he wants you to know, while you're dodging bullets and, and bombs, that gas is just a little more expensive over here. Okay, And, and I hope you have empathy for him. <laughs> I hope you feel sorry for him. I, and, and I'm sorry, you know, and, and that's the other thing I, I you know on behalf of and I hope that the people of ukraine don't don't hate us because of one guy and one party. I really do I really do i, I don't
1: just, I remain silent <laughs>
0: don't I, I don't want you to remain silent. that's the thing is that you know he uh, part of this is like i'm I, I've got this incredible sense of pride, Alex about the support that we've given Canada and how Ukrainians get excited to know that Canada's all in, right? Because we have a massive Ukrainian diaspora here in Canada, one of the biggest in the world, obviously, is specifically in Western Canada. And the Ukrainian Congress, the biggest Ukrainian organization in Canada, begged those guys to support that bill, the free trade bill, begged them to not stand up against the aid. And they did it anyway they're doing it anyway we're going to shove that stuff through anyway because we've got enough support that we can do that and that's how the parliamentary system in Canada works but you know it, it, it is um it's embarrassing it's embarrassing that he represents any part of Canada and he's in the lead in the polls which is starting to scare people I don't know if that translates over there I don't know if anybody like you didn't know who the guy was other than tweeting about him but I mean, it's again got to be scary for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Just like just like the the fight between Democrats and Republicans. Just like the Orbán part. Just like uh, anything. My wife recently said that uh, she 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 almost cried. She said like, "How in the world is it possible? Uh, so many countries are helping uh, Ukraine." Um, well, because yes, we do receive uh, a lot of help. It's not enough, but it, it's a lot of help, uh, uh, it, and it's modern equipment, modern technologies, like lots of money, billions of dollars, uh, and Russia is still, and Russia is sanctioned. Russia is uh, tightly, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, grasped by the sanctions and uh, and. Uh, and for some reason Russian, Russians are still attacking us and continuing the offensive how, how is it possible it 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 clearly uh, is obvious that uh, it's not enough the help that we are getting is not enough mm-hmm. unfortunately we need more help in order to uh to win
0: did you see his uh, speech putin's speech this morning at all
1: uh, i i i heard some of the parts of that yeah, he said, he said Odessa is a Russian city. Last night they sent like dozens of drones to Odessa, and and today he's saying that Odessa is a Russian city. Hmm. I mean, yeah, no, he's, just he's such he's, a bullshit. I mean, yeah,
0: he's a, he's a piece of shit. He said this. He also said, and I found this interesting. Confident that Western military support is drying up, he said Ukraine produces almost nothing today. Everything is coming from the West, but the free stuff is going to run out someday. And it seems it already is. Again, that's on the back of a couple of political parties in countries that are very, very friendly, like the United States and Canada, saying that, you know, maybe we should stop sending anything over there. Right. I mean, you know, he he also made I'm pretty sure he made like an anal sex joke in there. I think he made a couple of other like really like he made a couple anti-Semitic digs. I think he made another homophobic dig uh, during his speech as well. And uh, that I tell you what you know, over here that tracks with that group that tracks with those overly conservative, uh, you know, religious zealots. Right. Which is, which is amazing to me because if you're a progressive individual and you, you watched any of it or you had any of it transcribed, um, it's, it's not hard to look at that guy and go, Oh, he's clearly fucking insane. And he's clearly mean, like he's clearly not, you know what I mean? Like just even going through the language that he used, which I did, I went through the entire transcript today and it was like, I'm pretty sure it was like a four hour, you know, yeah. Yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he was up there for four hours and I read parts of the transcript, but it was all bullshit and it was all designed for, you know, himself. And it was all, I mean, you know, it's, and it's amazing to me still that Russian men and women are having their kids literally pulled out of their houses and get getting sent into the meat grinder. And they're like,
1: yeah, the guy's to something. It's yeah. amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah, and it speaks of the um, of the traditional values, and you you mentioned conservative uh, ideology, kind of. But there is nothing uh, about traditional values. To give you uh, to, to to give you this example of uh, the witness I talked to today, uh, she was released uh, from the prison. Oh, she was. Um, well, she. In the first place, she was detained because she was sending coordinates of the Russian military equipment to the Ukrainian Mm -hmm. uh, armed forces. Boss move. Yes, so she was detained and kept for 22 days. And then, miraculously, she was released and deported to the Ukrainian mainland. Only months later, she actually found out that her parents paid money to... To the Russians. So there's not... Okay. But j- just imagine a situation when uh, you detain someone who is uh, helping uh, the enemy's army. What would you do? You would keep that person, you know, probably exchange as a prisoner of war. No. They just... There is a corruption. There is a huge corrupt organism in Russia. There is nothing about traditional values. The only traditional value they have is money mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. else? And this is all. This is just a cover. Traditional men, values, men, women, no, and no non-traditional relay. You know um, uh, relations. Uh, that is all bullshit. They. This is all about money. Always oh, has right? Yeah.
0: Huh? It always has been. It's always been about money. It's a, you're right. I mean, you know, they you know, if they if they're a Christian society, a lot of their Christian soldiers raped and tortured a whole bunch of Ukrainian people. That Christian society kidnapped twenty thousand Ukrainian children. I mean, those are not traditional values to your point. And also to your point, they will do anything for a dollar, right? Like absolutely yep. they're just barbarians. That's all they are.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, to your point. I, I, yeah, I I read an uh a post uh, on some uh, Telegram channel about a Russian uh, who had uh, five uh, children mm-hmm. and a wife who was uh, on maternity leave and they did not have money. So what he did he went to the war with Ukraine to earn money. I mean this is just one example but there's millions of them. They, <laughs> they're poor people who are, who have nothing to do as to go earn some Uh, some money. Like, uh, I think I posted on Twitter, uh, Ukrainians recently uh, captured a guy from Nepal, a citizen of Nepal, a student from Nepal who studied in a Russian university who had no money and he was offered to go and uh, fight on their side against Ukraine. So he he uh he went to the front line and then and then one and a half months later he was captured by ukrainians he was detained by ukrainians so they promised him something like two or three thousand dollars per month but in fact they paid like a hundred dollars or something i mean so they're (laughs) being lied to yeah 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 There, well, yeah,
0: but that's that's what Putin's doing. Like he's going country to country looking for people, right? And he's taking people out of not just prisons, but he's taking immigrants and you know foreign workers, and he's promising them the moon, and he's just sending them into the meat grinder, like continually sending them into the meat grinder, and then shortchanging them. Yeah. Say, I'll give you like two, three grand, but he's giving them a hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, 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 and then uh, yeah, and then they die, and then yeah. okay, they take new ones yeah so it's quite a good uh, business model you know like good i mean uh another thing that a friend of mine told me uh that uh, uh opened my eyes a couple of years ago before even the invasion the thing is that in russia they they build up a strong mortgage system so the people would uh, buy real estate get mortgage and uh and then they would stick to a workplace uh, because uh, if they lose work, they they uh, they will not be able to pay mortgage. Then the crisis came, the COVID came, and lots of people actually lost the job. And there's so many, uh, again, so many poor people in Russia who who, uh, who are still paying mortgage. So the mortgage is on a very high level in Russia. And uh, because of that, lots of people really, uh, have to go and earn money somewhere. Another source of, of uh, meat for the for those meat grinders, mm-hmm. for them.
0: Wow. Yeah, you, you know what? And I've heard those stories too. I've also heard uh, my son's girlfriend is from Kiev, which you know, and her grandmother uh, is in Crimea, Russian-occupied Crimea. So they recently, Russia recently went into her home, removed her removed her from her house, and gave her home to a Russian national. So they're going around Crimea. Anybody who is Ukrainian, that can't prove that. And the, you know, the, the ownership of the house is in the daughter's name. The daughter is in a different country. Grandmother is living in the house. And they're like, hey, listen, these are our Russian homes now because this is Russian territory. They're removing. This is from my son's girlfriend who talked to her grandmother the other day and was telling me this story, grandmother's in her 70s, no place to live. Now she's trying to get back into Ukraine from Crimea and cannot, right? So they're literally taking homes that belong to Ukrainians under specific circumstances and just giving them to Russian officers, Russian nationals, or people they think are more deserving of that land who are Russian or are loyal to Russia. And this grandmother has never spoken out because she's obviously afraid, right? She lives in Russian-occupied Crimea. You know, she lives spartanly. She goes to the store. She gets her cookies, her tea, her vegetables on a somewhat daily basis, comes back and has lived there for several years. And now because, you know, her family are Ukrainian nationals, they can't go back and don't want to go back to Crimea. They're like, hey, you live there. And now Russians literally have come in to remove her from her home and they've given that home to somebody else so it's it's you know it's just another story if you will i don't know if you've heard those stories as well
1: no not like this no uh, well my, my my in-laws um moved out of the uh, territories that were occupied about a month after they left uh in the east of, of ukraine and uh Chechens uh Kadyrovsi, the mm-hmm. the ones that are uh, the private army of Kadyrov, mm-hmm. the president of Chechnya, they came and they uh, actually occupied some of the apartments. And uh, my mother-in-law called us and, and was crying that they could also take her apartment, you know, and uh, of course she didn't want that. Uh, luckily, they didn't get in because the neighbor said that they, they they will come back very soon. And they are on their way somewhere, you know, wait a bit. And then they got lost. I don't know where they went. Hopefully, they are dead or something. I don't know. Uh, but recently, we also heard that in this, this is a little city, like 6,000 6, people. And uh, we recently heard that there is no electricity and no water. And people like grumbling there in the in their Telegram groups said, "Oh, what is the authorities doing?" And most of those who stayed are very pro-Russian, mm. and they actually waited for the Russian world to come, and they so and they are supposed to be very happy. And now they have no electricity, no heating, no water, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, it's winter outside. Why don't we get electricity or 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 war or or, or, or or water?" Mm-hmm. And my wife said. Well, and they don't say that uh, under Ukraine they had never had anything of the kind. They always had electricity, always had water, always had heating. Yeah, the Russian world came, deprived them of everything. Yeah,
0: well, that, and those stories—those are those are like—it's not just in that village. It's those stories are everywhere, right? Where Russians yeah. came in as the great liberators, and not only does the electricity and the water not work, there's no food. Uh, there's martial law in in every town. I mean, you know, they're burning books, they're looting museums. It's all the same thing. You you hear it all the time. Um, but it's just amazing to get firsthand stories, right? To hear it from people. Like I was, I was shocked when my son's girlfriend was telling me that story, and you know, I believe it obviously because it's happening to her and it's happening to her family. Um. And I think, you know, beyond the cavalcade of stories that I've heard from you and other stories that have been vetted, again, I go back to the idea that it is impossible to think that we don't have a responsibility to help. Right. And it is impossible to think that, you know, the free world, democratic nations who want the same thing for the people of Ukraine, which is a free Ukraine and free people in Ukraine, believe that it's not our job, responsibility and duty to help the people of Ukraine. So just even getting some stories from you about, you know, you know, and, and I mean, you know, we go through these stories every time you're on, um, but stories from you firsthand stories of the pride of the people of Ukraine and how bad it is in certain aspects. Um, You know, again, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed, you know, and it was funny because when Pierre said that, and then that became like a front front page story here in Canada, which it is. I was like, man, I hope Alex doesn't see this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was seriously. I was like, I ah, hope he's not mad, like because it's just another oh. thing,
1: right? Oh, that, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, as a, as a citizen. I, so I appreciate so much your support. I mean, your your personal support, or oh, everyone I I know the, the support from from Canada, Canadians, uh, everyone who who helps us. That's a real friendly and, and, and true support um, in a democratic environment. And, and the fact that Pierre is, uh, is saying this is only a proof that this is a democratic environment. But as for the States and for, for the Great Britain, it's a different story. We all think, uh, and we are accustomed to think that, okay, uh, what, what is the difference? Yeah, UK, US are helping whenever they can, and they have the right to help, and they're using this right. That's not right. They have the obligation. Mm. UK and the US have the obligation to help Ukraine, unlike Canada, for example. Mm. Why? Because in 1994, uh, there was a Budapest memorandum <laughs> signed in Budapest uh, when Ukraine deprived of, uh, or we, we voluntarily uh, gave away our nuclear weapons to Russia. Uh, in exchange for security guarantees. And uh, I don't know if you heard of that, but uh, this is something that uh, like uh, Russia, UK and US actually guaranteed security to us. Russia attacked us, UK and the US have an obligation to not just support, but to protect us. Well, we do not ask for the the manpower or for, for the soldiers we just ask for money and for the weapons; they have mm. to give us.
0: Mm. The Budapest Accord. I'm gonna have to read up on that. I'm aware of it, but I wasn't aware that Russia signed it as well. Yes, I threes. knew UK and the. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. So they, they yeah. Uh, Well, true to their word, always, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Obama actually uh, came to Ukraine and um, participated in uh, in. Uh, I think it was some aircraft, uh, military aircraft, that was uh, basically destroyed, mm-hmm. um, uh, that was used for nuclear uh, uh, arsenal.
0: Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Well, Yeah, so there's, there's just more reasons. I mean, you're just giving me more reasons for us to support you, that's all
1: yeah <laughs> but that's just uh, nobody talks about that i don't i don't i don't know why because it's probably some some consensus or some agreement uh that we shouldn't speak i mean the politicians shouldn't speak publicly about that so Zelensky, in the beginning he would mention that and then he stopped mentioning it
0: yeah the budapest court yeah 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 you're right he did didn't he i remember when he started talking about that at the start he's like well you got to help um yeah. and then he's not talking about it anymore obviously because he's moved on to other things but, but
1: go ahead what were you gonna say yeah, but, but overall it looks like um i just have a thought that uh well we all think that democracy is, is better than uh, uh, t- tyranny but it mm-hmm. looks like in this war the tyranny is winning
0: yeah well, uh they're winning the information war right you know like that and then i think that that's you know the area where we can affect some change is in the you know pushing back against the people noticing their intentions you know one of the things that that drives me crazy you know is that um that people are allowed to have an opinion alternative to, to genocide like you know what i mean it that no no well let's invent a new narrative and let's paint ukraine as the bad people bio labs and You know, they they invent all kinds of bullshit just to be able to justify whatever narrative they would like to support that's anti-Ukraine. But in the end, it always comes down to the same thing, right, which is anti-democratic. It's anti-democracy. It's the one thing, the underpinning of why we support Ukraine, why the Western world supports Ukraine is because choice is important. And Ukrainian people would like that choice. I mean, you've been fighting for it for decades and decades and decades, um and more specifically in the last 20 years and in the last eight nine years you know it it is this this isn't a war as you point out that started you know a year and a half or almost two years ago now um this is a war that started years and years and years ago with the revolution and and if it continues right if this war continues you know there it becomes unfortunately one of those things that we just accept like you know afghanistan or, or iraq you're like oh yeah we're over there right oh yeah yeah we're just supporting that war but i think i don't think people understand what's at stake for the rest of the world right and in poland i don't know if you saw the polish prime minister come yep. out and basically say hey the western world has to send everything to ukraine right now because if it ain't if it's if it's if it's just ukraine we're all next but it doesn't stop there does it
1: yeah 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 and i'm so thankful donald is such a great guy and uh uh it's so cool to see him back in the real politics and he's true friend of ukraine and um I'm sure that uh, he is. Uh, and by the way, uh, Poland also had some problems with uh, stepping away from democracy. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, Donald Tusk is the uh, prime minister now is uh, is the victory of democracy in Poland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so,
0: mm. yeah, it is. And I I hope that that democratic sort of left leaning or you know uh, global responsible citizen. I hope that we continue to have those in North America as well, Alex. It was really, really, really nice to see you. Really good to see you as always. Good to see your smiling face. I hope you appreciate the nice Christmas writing where your name is on the screen too. We got oh yeah, yeah. For you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas!
1: Do you have plans for Christmas,
0: or are you just going to hide and duck? <laughs> um,
1: and by the way, uh, we will have uh, uh, first ever in our history the Christmas um, Orthodox cre- Christmas combined with the uh, with the Catholic. Christmas on the same day uh, because historically we used to celebrate it on uh, January 7th. Yeah. And this year uh and then it was like both 7 uh, January 7th and December 25th. Yeah. And this year's January 7th is completely canceled because it is a really pro-Russian uh, way of celebrating. Yeah. Oh can... yes, yes. Yeah. We have so many changes connected to that. Yeah, like yeah, we are stepping away from all Russian, and yeah. we can talk about it at some later shows. But twenty fifth of December is uh, really uh, our the holiday that is uniting us with Europe, with the Western world, sure, with the Western civilization. So that's a
0: big move that's a big fu to putin isn't it in russia where you're like hey by the way russian christmas totally canceled forever
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you should
0: make it illegal oh yeah you should make it illegal to celebrate christmas on january 7th now i didn't know that good for you guys you're taking christmas back all right <laughs> yes
1: It's <laughs> are <We're> becoming normal <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always found that weird too. I remember last year you're like, yeah, we get two Christmases. And I'm like, that's weird. Cool. If you like a lot of gifts, but kind of weird. So the fact that I didn't know that it was Russian and heritage though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Merry Christmas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. There you have it. Alex from Ukraine. they have taken away Russian Christmases altogether. It's all Ukrainian Christmas, December 25th this year. I'm going to celebrate with you. We're going to FaceTime on Christmas Day this year. Uh, and we're just doing the one. I'm doing Ukrainian Canadian Christmas this year. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so I'll make sure I celebrate with you. Uh, great to see you, buddy. Uh, as always, thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us today. I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, my friend.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Give Alex a follow at Dave Rebekoff on Twitter. Alex Dave Rebekoff, you can find uh, on Facebook as well. And there you have it. There you have it, a gentleman, a a real gentleman, a man who's been fighting against actual tyranny for the past two years in Kiev, who's had to live globally and hide, go from town to town, sometimes electricity, sometimes not, sometimes food, sometimes not, sometimes running water, sometimes not, who's had to go back to his home to have it ransacked by Russian orcs who's been dodging death for the past two years with a comment on Pierre Polyev and the Conservative Party deciding in their infinite wisdom to take the side of the man who's delivered that genocide onto him and his friends and his family.
2: What a fucking embarrassment. Legitimately.
0: Like, just a a full-on Canadian embarrassment. That's what the Conservative Party of Canada is. That's what Pierre Polyev is, who sets the tone for that party. If you're a conservative, you should probably take your culture back. Just go back to counting pennies, being entrepreneurs, side with the rest of the ideologues on the right side of this equation. Keep that money flowing into Ukraine. Keep that aid moving into Ukraine, because it's not just about Ukraine. This is about democracy. This is about freedom. This is about the bullshit that is borderless, whether it's disinformation or misinformation, the kind of hatred that Pierre Polyev farmed when he said, we're done with Ukraine. It's a faraway land. Really? There's like four or five hundred thousand people that are direct descendants from that faraway land that are begging this country to continue to help. You're going to work against them? You're going to work against Alex, his two-year-old Artie. You're going to tell him, all the people that have been raped and tortured, that he's spoken with 134 times, that they don't deserve our help
2: because of a carbon tax? Because 0.03 cents of a fuel dollar?
0: Man, I'd give them all the money. That's what good people do. And Pierre Polyev is not a good person. He is a terrible fucking human being. And anybody that doesn't see our duty to help people of Ukraine or any marginalized community under brutal attack by a nation of fucking orcs, a nation of terrorists, a nation of
2: fascist dictatorial assholes that abuse gay men and women, that have a law that says you're allowed to beat your wife.
0: Let's say they don't have a gay community over there because it's a sin. Let's send immigrants into the meat grinder just because cannon fodder. My Canada doesn't support that. Pierre Polyev's Canada does. The Conservative Party of Canada does. The GOP, Republicans of the United States do born-again evangelical Christian zealots do. Because Vladimir Putin has somehow fucking convinced them that he is standing up for Christians over there. He's murdering people. 600,000 people have died since this thing has started. 600,000. year and a half, 600,000. COVID took 50, 60,000 people in Canada. Ten times that in three years. Ten times that amount of died. Shot, killed, blown up, raped, murdered, buried
2: alive, hung. And we're not going to continue to help? Yeah, we are. It's our responsibility.
0: Pretty sure that's what Jesus said. And I don't believe in that guy either. Well, I believe he was a philosopher, but he certainly wasn't the son of man. But he had some good ideas. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Do unto others.
2: Is you would have them do unto you.
0: Yeah. Anybody who doesn't support those human beings is not worthy of calling themselves Christian, or they
2: really are. There you have it.
0: Have a great day, everybody. Appreciate it. Um, Take these things into account. When you're, you know, you're listening to a politician say, that's too much money over there. You'd spend more money over here. You know, that money came to, that that money was all on paper and old munitions, equipment we didn't need, want, or have stuff we wanted to get rid of. We just sent over there. We don't send big blank checks. We don't send no one wants Canadian money over there. We don't send like, you know, skids of cash that was meant for you. That doesn't happen. You just see dollar amounts. You see the word eight billion. We've sent over eight billion in mutual aid, eight billion worth, like training, ongoing training, uh, equipment we're not using, that kind of stuff. Value. We're sending over eight billion in value. We're not sending eight billion in your booze money. We're not sending eight billion in your healthcare money. We're sending things we have, totaling that, and making promises for free trade to rebuild that country by removing barriers to make it easier to help the people of Ukraine who are being systematically murdered by Russia. There's no alternative. None. Zero. No alternative. And anybody who says there is, anybody who calls that a faraway land, we shouldn't have something to do with. Look around. Look at the ecosystem we see. Look at the convoy. Look at all those things. Although I will say the convoy people probably hate Ukraine because they're dumb as fuck, too. But look around. Grounded the environment. That's not been farmed by Canada. The anti-Canadian shit, that doesn't come from Canadians. It comes through other countries to convince you that this place is a shithole and we need new leadership so they can get Putin's guy. And Pierre Polyev is Putin's guy. As dictated by Pierre Polyev's real boss, Stephen Harper, who's very good friends with Vladimir Putin still. And Victor Orban. Very good friends. Harper made a statement the other day. I'd like closer ties with Victor Orban. I'd like to be close to him. He's a big fan of mine. I'm a big fan of his. They wish each other happy birthday on Twitter. It's the weirdest shit ever. And some of you guys want to talk about your tax dollars? It's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with the global right, who are pure globalists evil fucking conservative theocratic globalists that have this cheat code with Stephen Harper's super cool international democratic union of other fucking like-minded losers like Boris Johnson, who just got outed as a guy who's like, I don't care how many people COVID kills as long as we can party. He was in, he was in fucking court the other day. He just joined the IBU. They all share the same opinion. Fuck you. That's their opinion. Fuck you. Praise God.
2: So I have a duty to warn you.
0: That's what this podcast was all about. Thanks to our friends for making this possible, including our guys over at Cantorque as I open up this delicious beverage. Uh, Canada's assembly tool experts making rugged, hardworking, beautiful torque wrenches. They're Canada's leading industrial tool experts. They are the best at sales, service, rentals, calibration, maintenance of custom fab industrial torque tools. No matter the scale of your bolting project, they have your solution. Visit their brand new website, cantorque.com today. Check them out if you need a torque wrench, heavy machinery, any heavy industry. If you've got a bolting solution that you need a bolting solution for, a bolting problem you need a bolting solution for, they're your people. For heavy industry around the world, he's in Dubai the other day. Send me a text. Hey, I'm in Dubai. What are you doing? Torque wrenches in Dubai. Does not in Canada. Proudly Canadian manufactured in Canada. Go to cantorque.com today for more information. Brought to you as well by Muse on the Mic. Uh, It is uh, a sex-positive body rub parlor. Muse. 1290 Finch Avenue West and their podcast is great advocates for sex work and sex workers it is a baby bingo from now until december 31st get your bingo card daily draws daily winners you can redeem your prizes all week long and you can also go and visit the ladies and you can listen to their podcast we host it cryer media you can also get it anywhere you get your fine podcast Google, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, and Muse on the Mic, their Patreon. They have it if you want to get taken inside the body rub industry, the sex work industry. These are advocates and women that have done an incredible job of getting to the top of the sex work industry mountain. And now they want to give back. And so that's what their podcast is all about. Go and check it out. Muse on the Mic anywhere you get your fine podcast. Emily and Riley are terrific. And uh, last but not least, brought to you by Ed's Fine Imports and his Gitch. Gitch is your... Very, very comfortable underwear, by the way. Incredible underwear. Maybe the best underwear you'll ever buy. For me, they are. Uh, big pouch in the front. For Canadians. Made for Canadians by Canadians. Guys are bigger up here. That's what we do. Uh, incredible waistband. Very breathable. You're going to love these things. Go to Ed's Fine Imports. If you want a pair of the best underwear on the planet, the best pouched boxer briefs in the world, great waistband, lots of colors. He'll send them to you as well. Get three as your promo code use Gitch, and then the number three when you check out, you'll get a free pair. When you buy three or more at com. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks to Alex for popping in today. Thanks for Pierre, to Pierre Polyev for making this incredibly possible. For being the douchebag he is so that we can do a show like this. And uh, thank you for taking time out with us. Hopefully it made some sense to you. Have a great day. See you more. Bye.